All right, everybody, we want to take a second to talk to you about an amazing sponsor. We have an amazing relationship with RayAllen.com. Ray Allen is a one-stop shop for everything dog, not just working dogs. Everything dog that you need, you can go down there, check them out, RayAllen.com. Awesome people. They got everything you need. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with a dog trip. They've been with us from the start. Uh, great callers, great ball poppers, great GPS tracking. Big dog, small dog, bark collars, everything. I got everything like that they have at the kennel. We'll use it every day. Be sure to head them up, dogtrue.com. Listen for the discount code later in the episode. Hits 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like this super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona, August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. Take the guesswork out of making sure you're feeding your working dog correctly by using Kinetic Dog Food. Hit them up at kineticdogfood.com and look them up on the Instagrams at kineticdogfood. Take all the guesswork out and do it right from the beginning. We love Horizon Structures. Dude, this stuff is so awesome, man. You can get online. You can talk to them. You could build it. You want from mild to wild they'll come bring it to your place set it down on your pad hook up your power hook up your water and you can put dogs in it that day if you don't believe me check out some guys like uh, justin rigney's got a great setup there ask him check him out horizonstructures.com all right everybody working dog radio broadcasting the bite coming back to you with another great episode uh my name is eric stambro from canton ohio with me as always is my co-host uh, ted summers from tulsa oklahoma ted what's going on uh it's the first day of summer it's the longest day of the year they all have 24 days and 24 hours in them but this is supposedly the one that has the most sunlight so uh yeah it's hot as shit in tulsa it's like 103 or i don't know it's hot it doesn't matter it's academic at this point uh i got a handler school going on uh and we've got a bunch of stuff so going on with the building i feel like it's like the like the song that never ends with my like build out on this building um but uh yeah that i should be done with it in about 10 days is what they're telling me so we'll see all the all the electrical and lights and like toilets and everything are going in so that's cool <laughs> mm -hmm. what about you what do you got going on uh, i got a handler school i only have one handler in it um just a quick little end it's going to the end of july um and i have another dog in my kennel that i'm kind of he's He's still green. I don't have a department for him. I think I, I may have one. I'm kind of keeping him for one. But um, so I'm having the handler run his dog and then run this dog. We haven't put odor on him, but everything else, all the OB tracking, bite work and everything. So he's getting double leash work. Um, it's going it's going pretty good. It's at the fun house. There's no air conditioning. So Ooh. downstairs, the, there's two huge rooms downstairs. And it's not bad. I have fans running. It's actually not bad. Upstairs is a terrarium. Um, you can grow some shit and pass out. Uh, it's it's hot as shit. Now, this morning, so today it's 94. This morning it was 68, though. So I open up all these doors up top. Upstairs, I put some fans in. It was actually pretty comfortable today. Tomorrow, though, because it's um, going to be 85 at 7 a.m., it's going to be too hot to work in there. So i got to do some other stuff. Yeah. Mother no, Nat, yeah. that's it. I'm gonna take off. Um I'm not loading the kennel till probably sometime in September. I'm gonna uh not no no working dogs in August. Doing the pet thing. So I've been 
you know, work this guy and his dog till like one o'clock in the afternoon, then going up and helping run some reps on the pet dogs and all that type of shit. And, and then going to jujitsu and getting strangled um, <laughs> by people half my age. So there's that. <laughs> fucking angry people. Yeah. <laughs> so well, those fucking angry dudes at jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Great dudes. Sure. Our, our gym is really, really good, but um, they'll definitely. Some of them you can tell they're trying to teach you some things and then strangle you. So <laughs> they'll let you go so far, and then your arm is around your neck, your own neck. And so at some point you need to do the island with one of them. Yeah, I, I might. I've talked to the guy about it. Um, I don't know where we do. The problem is he's and I get it. He's apprehensive about having the dog on his mats because those mats are expensive. Well, just do it on the fucking ground like we do. It's fucking yeah. dirtier the better. Yep, no gee. Good. Nogi, no. Nogi. No tomorrow just, tomorrow just is shit. street closed jujitsu day. Yeah, that's the day to do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it in a dark bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's where you do it. Uh, so for those listening, like if you've been to an HRD, you understand the island, which is kind of like a jujitsu slash dog thing that we do. But yeah, it's one of those scenarios that uh came out of me getting my ass kicked at a fucking jujitsu gym. And I was like, the only way I can beat you is having a dog and somebody bet me and they lost. So mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what do we got going on tonight? Oh, so tonight we got um, a, a repeat guest, uh, Dave Dorson from Kinetic and uh, John Howard, also from Kinetic Dog Food. Uh, they, if you look back episode 81, Dave's a savant. He remembered that that episode number, but uh, we did not. So um, if you listen to it, you guys all know if you listen, uh, Connecticut's a great relationship with them because their shit's good is why we have such a good relationship with them. So we thought we'd get them back on, see what's been going on, see what uh, is going on in the future. And um, those of you who don't know, they uh, they even have a, a TV show. We're going to get into that stuff. And yeah. So uh, without further ado, welcome Dave and John. How are you boys? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having us back. Or having yeah. back. Yeah, this is, I wasn't on the last time. Right. So that was the famous Beaks of Buttholes episode. So uh, I figured mm -hmm. I better get on here and see if, see. Did uh, we name it that? <laughs> we should have named it. I don't think No, we so. didn't. But <laughs> we should have named it Beaks and Buttholes. <laughs> yeah. I have used that line five million yeah. times. It's fucking I wonder what this food dogs. is made of. Beef and bubbles, I guarantee you. Hundred percent. If it's not kinetic, I'd tell you right now. So, um, but uh, great to have you guys come back on, Dave. I just got to see you. If, I don't know what was that a month ago? Last April was it? April? Uh, or May. Yeah. May. Fuck. Up in Colorado, we were up at, with Tenth Group doing some a uh, little seminar. I guess you would call it that they had up there. Um, it was cool because it was hot as balls, <laughs> like 80s, 90s, and then 28, and, and they got like three feet of snow. Yeah, and, so, I, and I saw I got out, but I don't think you did. I saw right before that in San Francisco at the HRD, and the weather was perfect, but the uh, indigenous population was not. So uh, <laughs> the departments were cool. Like, for sure, all the canine handlers were fucking awesome, but the uh, yeah, the indigenous population, not so much. But yeah, yeah I, so <laughs> I, every every time I get together with you two guys, something happens. So exactly. I'm, uh, you know, it's either this is the first time I'm doing one of the podcasts sober, so that's pretty good, right? That's yeah. good. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to the the first episode, Dave was on in episode eighty one. We did it uh, in his basement. Yeah. Um, was it before or after dinner? It was before, right? 
Uh, I think it I was know. before. It or, was because I'd have been burping a lot. Dave put out a spread, buddy. Meat, yeah. meat, and more meat, and some alcohol. So it was a good time. Yeah, we had a little a, bit. Yeah, we yeah. had a nice time there down in his uh, den of iniquity in the basement down there. So, um, but anyways, uh, talk. Let's talk about Dave um, and John, both of you, uh, who you are, and kind of remind remind some folks. Yeah, you know, hey, John, I'll defer to you because uh, people probably remember me from earlier. So I'll let you yeah, know. So you want to see if I can throw out some memorable quotes? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so Dave and I obviously were the co-owners of Kinetic. Um, we've been around now. Oh, it's been about 10 years. Our company's been around. So, yeah, we are. But And I'll use this term loosely. We're the brains behind the operation. And again, I'll, that's using the term pretty loosely, but uh yeah, it's, you know, we started this journey quite a while ago and, you know, kind of evolved into the world you guys live so, so heavily in, you know, it's where we, we were real big into the hunting world starting out of the gate and then evolved into the working dog world. And, and that's been a huge, huge focus for us now for what do you think, Dave, the last probably seven, at least the last seven years, that's been a huge area where we've really pushed into. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I, I think that really the game changer, John and I were at a, a, an event, and I think I shared this with you, Eric and Ted, but we were at an event. Um, and usually we would go to hunting events, spend a lot of time there the first couple of years, but we were at a, we were at a military event. And, uh, um, you know, one of the guys was kind of, we were joking around going back and forth. And he said something to me about, or John about, what do you guys do when your dog runs out of energy? And we said, Hey, we just kennel the dogs and we put our, put our guns away and start drinking beer. And of course we thought that was kind of funny. And he said, I said, well, what about you? And he goes, well, if our dog runs out of energy, somebody could die. And I remember looking at John and it was kind of a a defining moment in our company, John, I would say, I mean, we kind of looked at each other and go, this isn't a game, you know, this nutrition and our commitment to the nutrition is not a game. I mean, now you got guys that are running sporting dogs and dock dogs, and, and these are high-end competitions. And there was a coon dog hunt this year that the purse was a hundred and fifty thousand. Hundred grand, yeah. Winner got a hundred for the winner. Yeah, the total and, purse uh, was like one hundred and sixty or something like that. So there's. Wait, what were they hunting? Coons. And they didn't even kill them. Trash pandas. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my fucking spirit yeah. animal. Like it's a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to go find me in a trash in a dumpster. That's like, just the winner. These, these guys were getting five digits for finishing like fourth and fifth. I mean, wow. so it's it's pretty good business. And this this was this was a Friday night and a Saturday night. So the the guys on Friday night that started with I think thirty two teams, and they were down to eight after Friday night and Saturday night. So. All eight guys were in the money that qualified to go into Saturday nice. night. It was crazy. That is crazy. So I was going to ask you guys. Um, I remember, I think, Dave, we talked about. Raccoons. I know. $100,000 catch a fucking raccoon. I can do that. I believe we're fucking free. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, just wait outside the sewer. They'll come up. Um <laughs> So mm-hmm. you guys worked in, I mean, we don't have to get in names, but you guys both, did you both work at other companies at dog food companies before yeah. you guys kind of went off on your own? Yeah, we actually worked together. Um, and we, we didn't work together for a real long time, but 
Dave was kind of, I was kind of on the marketing nutrition side. Dave was more on the sales and distribution side. And we just kind of hit it off anyway. You know, we just, we saw, you know, we it's like, okay, that's a guy with some integrity. I like the way he works. I like the effort he puts into it. We just kind of connected a little bit. And then we both ended up leaving that company for, you know, a variety of reasons. We went in different directions, but we missed the business. So we just kind of stayed in touch and we got together. I don't know. It was probably a year, year and a half after we left there. And I know Dave probably told his story. It was basically, I had a big boat. We were out on the Mississippi River drinking beer. And, and it's like, man, we really miss that business. And like, oh, you know, this, the longer we were out there, the smarter we got. And, uh, you know, by the end of the day, we're like, all right, dang, we're going to start our own company. We're going to do this thing the way we think we need to do it. And, you know, do the food right, work with the people right, make it about the dogs. So, yeah, that was kind of. That was kind of our, our impetus to get this thing going. And, and I think at that point, I mean, it had never really been far from, from my mind anyway, the, the nutrition, because I still have, you know, I have multiple dogs. I still, I still have dogs. I train, I hunt. So, you know, you're always looking for that edge anyway for your own dogs. So I think probably within probably three, four weeks, we had kind of what the roughed out initial formula that was going to be the foundation of the kinetic line. And we looked at it, we tweaked it, you know, obviously we had some connections, so we, you know, we could get it made. We could start doing some trial feedings. And I was actually just looking like, Oh, it was probably about a week or two ago to figure out, I was trying to remember just how broadly we tested it. Cause for the first two years, all we did was test formulas. We tested one and we tweaked a little bit see what worked and what didn't. And, ended up we had we've tested it with 23 different with 23 different places over 11 states and it was mostly uh mostly hunting dogs um a little bit of working dogs so a little bit of um a little bit of dogs doing more what we're doing you know what we're talking about here and then we had one guy that was a herding dog guy too so he was he was in it but it was uh, it was probably three four hundred dogs we were testing um and you know we'd well, that one's not quite doing what we want. So we tweaked a little bit and kind of carried on, but we did that for a couple of years and until we got what we thought was the right thing. And, and then we started selling it. What, what is the right thing? How did you know? Well, I mean, as you guys know, your dog guys, the best way to know, you know, the best way to know how your, how your program is working is look at your dog, you know, is the energy there is the, is how do the skin and coat look? Is the is there muscle mass? You know, does the dog look like he's going hard and and he's not running out of juice halfway through? You know, whatever training session you're doing, and obviously, you know, look at the stools. You know, that's always a good indicator. Mm-hmm. So poop, I, yeah, I mean, and poop for especially for these kind of dogs if they're working a lot. Um, we always had it was always it's stress stools. So a hunting dog. And this is, you know, again, this is kind of my realm, but if I take my dogs out, if they spend, you know, a dog that's not on the right kind of diet, will spend the first 15, 20 minutes running around the field and it'll take about five shits. Something's not working with your program if that happens. Now, any dog that's going to get out there and start running around, hell, if you guys, if you guys start running and, you, and you've been eating like a high fiber diet, you're going to do the same thing. You know, you're going to have a hard time, you know, keeping everything locked up tight. Well, these dogs, that's the easiest way to tell if they go out and start running around for 15 minutes and they stop to, you know, they stop to take a shit three, four times, something is not right with your program. So that's a big piece of what we look at, but I mean, over the longer term, you're going to look at, you know, you know, not only that dog's development, but if you're, you know, we were in breeding facilities too. So, 
you know, are the dogs, how is the, uh, how is the fertility? Do the dog, are the dogs coming into heat? Well, do the inseminations take, are they, you know, are they, are they, are they having four puppies or are they having nine or 10 puppies? You know, what's the mortality rate of the pup? I mean, it gets into a lot more things as you go, you know, beyond just a, a short trial. So those are things we definitely look at, not just with the food, but we actually saw some really interesting results with some of our supplements on that side of the business. And, you know, you can see that in one cycle, you can see what's happening to a dog. We've had dogs where they go, oh, I can't, you know, I got a really great male. I want to continue breeding them, but we couldn't get, you know, the sperm count was terrible. The motility was terrible. And, you know, you can fix that up. You know, if it's, if it's something you can address nutritionally, you can fix that pretty quickly. And we've had situations where, you know, a month down the road, they go, yep, the dog, it's good to go now. Isn't it? You know, it's now part of my breeding foundation because we're actually getting live swimmers here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we actually, and I know you guys talked with Marshall with K9 Hurricane. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually worked with him and they were, they were pulling live straws out of him um, at 12 years old. So, holy shit. Yeah. So Dave, when you yeah. were on before, that's crazy. That's because we didn't cover that the last time about the fertility thing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so Dave, there was some things that, that we ended up getting a lot of feedback on. I want to kind of touch on it again is things um, that, that are caused by poor diet that we might otherwise unbeknownst to us think it's allergies and different things like that. You want to kind of delve into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, you know, really the, the key component and John, John was, great when he was looking at this in, in, in the developmental stages, but there are certain ingredients that will cause havoc on these dogs when you start putting stress on them. And so, you know, some of the, you'll see some of the companies say there's no corn, wheat, soy, but if you look past that, if you're seeing stuff like barley, uh, oats, um, potatoes, peas, legumes, all of those type of ingredients really start to play havoc on a dog once you apply stress to it. And so really what we do in, in John and I travel all over the country and now we got a couple more guys that we brought into the organization and we go out and do nutritional seminars and really try to teach handlers in whether it's in the sporting dog world or whether it's in the working dog world, how to really dissect a nutritional label. Now you're not going to dive into it and, and blow a whole label apart and be able to read it by the end of our class. But certain things like the, the first five ingredients are really key because they make up about 85% of what's in that food. And so if you've got a lot of plant-based material in your top five ingredients, um, you know, it's something that you're probably going to want to take a look at because recovery or endurance could suffer because of some of those ingredients. So, yeah, like, like chilling shit in there. And it's like, what are you fucking putting in these foods? Like, what did we say? Beaks and buttholes <laughs> last time. <laughs> so, and, uh, it, yeah, since you guys have been on last time, I have some like anecdotal stuff. I just had two dogs go home to a department that's semi local. It's pretty local, not only 45 minutes from here. And um, they switched their food as soon as they left because it's provided by admin. Mm -hmm. And the dogs started fucking gassing out. And I'm like, uh, and they're both handlers are complaining of loose stools and all of the telltale signs. Right. And I'm like, well, what the fuck are you feeding them? And they told me what it was. And I'm like, okay, so, and they're feeding the same amount. 
right? So it's like cup for cup or whatever it was. And I'm like, okay, well, look at caloric density and then look at what's in it. So I had the whole conversation and then their admins called me and I had the same conversation and they're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, I, yes, it does. And they're like, yeah, but that food is like expensive or, you know, we were talking and I was like, look, man, and this is not the first time this happened. I sent, uh, I sent two dogs back to Kansas. Same thing happened. Like dogs were just fucking gassed. And what it amounted to was they were getting about 60% of the calories, 60 to 70, depending on like the dose or the, the amount they were getting, uh, of the calories that they needed from what that we were feeding them here. So it's like, oh, they're on X number of cups here. We feed them X number of cups there and the dogs are getting not near like, so they're like, oh, he's losing weight. They're like, his fur looks bad. I'm like, yeah, I had a pet come through and um, the dog had severe anxiety, hit all kinds of behavioral issues. Uh, but of course it was a pit bull and um, yeah, everybody laughs. Everybody listening to this is like, oh, really? Shocker. So um, uh, she was spending... 400 and something dollars a month on Apoquil, uh, which is a super crazy, like anti-inflammatory, like it's basically a fucking steroid. And um, so well, she had the dog with us, she went out of town and dog was with me and dog ran out of food because we have all of our pet clients bring their dogs food. So we don't have problems. And uh, so ran out of food. She was out of country. It was during COVID times, right? So there's no shipping or she was out of state. I don't know where she goes. It doesn't matter. She couldn't ship the stuff, right? So it was taking forever. So we switched him over to kennel food immediately. Well, I mean, within two days, like allergies cleared up, the hot spots between his toes and like on his ears cleared up. Uh, his attitude didn't improve, but um, <laughs> all the health shit. And to this day, the dog is still on the same food and she's not spending four, 400 bucks a month on Apoquil or whatever. I think that's what it was. And it's a fucking steroid thing that they give to, but it was a hundred percent food related. And I told her that and she's like, well, this is what the vet recommended. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> I was like, you know, and I'm not going to, I'll let you guys talk about that. Um, and if you want, you can mention that netflix documentary did i talk about that next time you guys were on here and we can kind of wait, like go into your show too like the thing with karen becker the pet fooled thing no i don't think we did no. I don't so think there's a netflix documentary about pet fooled it's called pet fooled and uh it's a little creepy about like what's in pet food and what's in dog food and what's in cat food and uh, her name's dr karen becker i've tried to get her on the show before but apparently she quote unquote doesn't do interviews unless it's with the New York times or the Washington post or something. Cause she's done it with them, but she's like, she doesn't want to talk to us, which is fine. Whatever. Karen, if you're listening, you can still talk to us. It's fine. Um, but it, it was basically like, you know, I mean, and you guys can talk more about this. Uh, we probably want to take a break, but um, there's only a certain number of mills in the country. And a lot of those formulas are pre-done and they just slap different fucking, they just put in a different bag. Right. So it's Doritos in another like in a non-Dorito bag, but it's the same thing. It comes out of the same mill and those mills are run by um, like a giant, like multiple, like huge corporations. So a lot of the pet food, and oh, that's the thing like this, and I'm not gonna fucking dog anybody out, but the one that vets always recommend is fucking garbage. When anybody comes in, they're like, oh, he's on a prescription diet. I'm like, I fucking bet he is. Like, <laughs> you, you'll find out here in a second. Let me see this shit. And I'm like, yeah, it would be fine. Just give me some of that. And most of the time we switch dogs while they're in the kennel and we switch them over. But yeah, so Eric. Um, 
I don't know. I forget what I was going to say. Uh, okay. Okay, yeah, off on the uh, the tangent there. But um, so one of the things we talked about before um, was your ability to uh, you guys work with small kennels, large kennels, whatever, that and are able to figure out the problems associated, like like we talked before with a huge, you know, a hundred run kennels, their situation is way different than me with eight kennels or, or, or Ted with like 20 kennels, whatever. Um, kind of talk about that a little bit, if you, if you don't mind. Well, that kind of goes back to what we were talking a little bit earlier. It comes down to stress, you know, and we, a whole, our whole line was kind of built to work for dogs that are stressed and stressed for whatever reason. Well, the stress that I was talking about running around a field, well, a dog that's sitting and spinning in a kennel because there's a hundred other barking dogs in there, they're amped up all day too. So they're, they're just as stressed. So if, if, a, if a food and I'll, I'll come right out and say, there is no dog food, ours included, that works for every dog. Anybody that tries to tell you that their food is going to work for your dog, no matter what dog is full of crap. I mean, they're just, every dog's a little bit different, just like we are. And we tried to make ours work for as many dogs as possible that are really stressed, but you know, even we're not a hundred percent and nobody is, but stress comes in a lot of different forms and stress affects dogs. It, it addresses, you know, their digestive process, it addresses their metabolism. Um, it, it, it affects them in a lot of ways. So unless you have a food that's built to be easily digested and provide them the calories they need, but not of a lot of extra stuff that they don't need, you're going to get those kind of problems. And just like you said that what you see with two dogs in a house versus an eight run kennel versus a 50 run kennel versus a 350 run kennel it, it's a whole different level of of environment and we've had to you know sometimes you have to be on site to see it and i know dave can tell a story you know we put some food in some dogs that were i mean basically in hawaii and they're like wow the dogs you know they started off really good but once they got to wait then they weren't they're not doing so good well when he he got a chance to take a look at the kennel. He's like, these dogs are laying in an outdoor kennel, nice shade, good breeze. You know, all they're listening to the birds chirping all day. There was no stress. So once they, once they kind of got into the condition they needed to be in, they needed to drop the food down because now they were getting too much energy and too many calories that they just flat out didn't need. So he's like, Hey, you need to, you need to back these dogs down. You need to move them down to the lower level and, you know, quick pitch for, one of the most, one of the unique things about our food is you can move between formulas because they're all the exact same ingredients. We just adjust the levels of the ingredients within there. So you can switch from one of our formulas to another one and you're not dealing with any transitional stress like you would by switching to a to normally from one food to another because ours are the exact same ingredients. You just might get a little more protein and fat in this one and a little less in the, in the next one. So there's really no transition stress. It's, it's built so that you can adjust it according to what your dog's activity levels are. So, yeah. So if I'm, I'm in Ohio and I got a, you know, nice high drive mountain wall and Ohio is a four season state. It is hot in the summer, freezing cold in the winter, spring kind of sucks, falls pretty decent. And I'm on Connecticut and I'm on the high, cause this is a high drive mountain wall. Um, what, what should I be doing throughout the seasons as far as your, your mixtures go? So if your dog's outside in the winter, you know, if it's outside a lot, if you're dealing with a lot of cold, um, you're okay to be at the higher levels. But if you get into the summer and there's a lot more heat, 
the dog's not dealing with the environmental stress anymore, you might not need those calories because the dog's the dog that's outside a lot in the extreme temps when it's cold needs the calories just to stay warm. Um, so we'll actually we'll see people. You hit about well in Ohio, for example. I'm in Iowa. I'm in eastern Iowa, so very similar. Um, when you start to hit April and the and it starts to heat up, you know, I'll have my dogs on our on our 30k formula during the winter and for the hunting season. And when it starts to warm up, I'll drop them down to the 26 because they no longer need those calories. But they still get some work, but they're getting less work and in um, shorter stretches. You know, they'll get a little bit of action every day. But, you know, 15 minutes of yard work and retrieving is not the same as going out and hunting for eight hours. You know, it's not the same thing. So totally different. We back them down and we get them more on them. Well, and we don't really have a maintenance diet, but we get them more on our active dog diet as opposed to our extreme dog diet, you know? Yeah. If the dog is, uh, lives in the house, so works, you know, is working in the cruiser, is out there working nights or whatever, but is in air conditioning in the summer and heat in the winter, you kind of stay level or no? You can, you definitely can. Um, and a lot of people will just, they don't want to deal with the change. So, I mean, you could, I could stay on our 30 K formula, but but like I was talking about the dog, you know, the dogs in Hawaii, you better back down the amount then because you're still pounding way more calories in them than they need not having to deal with the environmental stress. So I, and I used to, I actually, I've, I've got dogs. I had dogs from two different lines. Now they're all from the same line, but my older dog would still be probably better to be on our 30 K formula year round. Cause she's just one of those high drive dogs with the hot metabolism. She could, she would probably do a little better on that one all year round. The two younger ones, uh, they do a little better by dropping them down in the summer. So I drop them all down. It's not a, it's not a huge difference. I just need to feed the one a little bit more. So we're going to take a break here in a second. I got one more question and it is, what is the protein in your food? Do you, is it, well, what is it? I'll just leave it at that. Well, we're big believers in multiple animal-based protein and fat sources. So we our animal, our animal proteins are chicken, fish, and egg. So we want more than one source. We and we want a broader source of animal-based amino acids, you know. And so we don't just use one. Um, the other thing you'll you'll well, you can look at our diet. Like if you look at our 30K, the first two the first two ingredients are both animal-based protein sources. And the second one, you're going to get back to Dave's, you know, the old beaks and buttholes. It's, you know, byproduct, it's chicken byproduct meal. And people look at that and they'll go, oh, you're using byproducts. Well, the difference between chicken meal and chicken byproduct meal is it's not a bunch of beaks and feathers and, but buttholes, technically, yes, there's probably buttholes in there. There's clean entrails and organ meats. So you get liver and kidneys and hearts and that stuff. Well, there's actually, there are some, there are some different nutrients that you get in organ meat versus just muscle meat. So yeah, we're actually, we tested our diets when we were doing that two years of testing, we tested them both with and without the byproduct meal. And it, the dogs just did better when there was a mix of both rather than just one. So it wasn't, you know, it's not a cost saving method. And it was what, and our whole goal was, how do you get the most out of the dogs? How can we do the best thing for the dogs, formulate the diet that we think will do the absolute best for these dogs? And that's what we ended up with. And we knew, we knew when we did it, we we're going to get some backlash. You know, there's, there's a negative, and there are some bad byproducts out there. Undoubtedly, there are some, there are some byproducts out there. You'll see a food with four kinds of corn in it and you go, all right, really, why did you split that into four kinds of corn? Well, because they can take 
cheap individual components that are left over from some other process, stick it in there. You filled up the dog food tag and, and uh, you did it fairly inexpensively, but that's not what we, why we did it. We actually tested and found out, and there's been a lot of history out there, kind of anecdotal more than anything. And I know we're getting close to a break, so I'll cut it off, but um, the dogs tend to not run as hot with some byproduct in their diet and the breeding world um, always said they, they prefer to get some byproduct meal in there for whatever reason that the dogs seem to do better. And I'm sure there's a nutrient basis for that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it's, I know none of that. I'm like, I would assume it has chicken nipples in it. So I, I don't know, but um, I'm, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about uh, where Kinetic is now and where we're headed. Um, talk, I'm going to, I also want to talk about a couple of, um, I don't know, trends in, in dog food and maybe some myths and, and a couple of things like that. We, I think we touched on myths last time a little bit, but we're, we're going to revisit a couple of things. So don't go anywhere. Uh, all the discount codes are in the show notes. If you skip the commercials, I appreciate, I would appreciate if you didn't, but I know most of you do because I do. So be sure to look down in the bottom of the show notes and we'll have everything in there. We'll be right back. All right, one of the largest conferences in the country, uh, HITS Canine Training Conference. It's America's premier canine training seminar, packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric, all covering important topics. There is no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, trainers, and vendors. HITS 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like this super high-end shopping outside, and I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona, August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. We'll see everybody there. Largest law enforcement training conference in the world. Tons of training classes. Lots of training topics for everybody and everything. Hours included and more network opportunities. Be sure to hit up Jeff Barrett at 863 863- Five two nine five one one three hits canine letter k number nine dot net and at hits underscore canine and all of your socials. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're, they're amazing folks. Kineticdogfood.com. By now you've probably all heard my story at least once. I'm usually getting tagged by dogs or hurting myself. So this next product is like near and dear to me because I actually use it. Uh, quick turn by vet care. 
it does great for keeping small things from turning into big ones. I use it at the kennel for uh, clients' dogs that have some issues with skin stuff or have food allergies or have environmental allergies. Works great. Keeps hot spots from making giant hot spots. And it keeps my working dogs who inevitably find magnificent ways to hurt themselves from turning it into a giant vet visit. Stops little issues from becoming big ones. So it comes in a spray, it comes in an ointment, it comes in a dressing. It's great for creating a protective barrier and promoting wound healing. You really only have to use it like once a day. So there's no reason not to have it in the vehicle. Since it's temperature stable, you don't got to worry about it getting hot, getting cold or anything like that. So put it in your first aid kit or put it in your cabinet. Vetcare.us on the internet. Quick term by Vetcare on the inter- on Instagram and on Facebook. And then hit them up with the discount code 10WDR for 10% off your first order. So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, it's a great product, a great company. They've been serving uh canine law enforcement community for over 20 years, you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, EZRiderOnline.com. They got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American aluminum kennel in the back of the car. Check them out online, guys, EZRiderOnline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car, Get a hold of them, American Aluminum Accessories, and get the best in the business. Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to tactical police canine training, that's letter K number nine training.com and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. All right, everybody, we are back. Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite with Dave Dorson and John Howard from Kinetic Dog Food. Um, so uh, what is your opinion? And I used to be I used to be this because I had decent success at it, but it's a pain in the ass. Is people who do a combination of dry dog food and raw food. Is it is are they getting too much of something or not enough or or is there a decent balance with that? Well, I mean, there could be a good balance there. I raw actually could be a very healthy thing it, for the dog. Um, personally, I wouldn't do it, not because there's there's not any value in it, but it's a big pain in the ass, quite frankly. It's mm-hmm. and honestly, there's less risk yeah. to the dog and more risk to the humans because um, if you're if you're working with raw meat and you don't have good clean procedures, uh, you're more likely to cause a problem for a human that's living in the household than you are for the dog. We're much more susceptible to things like salmonella than a dog. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we hunt dogs. We'll be out running around the field and come up and our dog's gnawing on a carcass of a deer that's been out there for 
God knows how long. So, I mean, they can handle a lot of bacteria that we would struggle with, but um, yeah, raw. I mean, I, I think raw is definitely, if you do it right, you can, you can definitely make a healthy diet for a dog. Um, there's just, it's, it's inconvenient and, and it, it runs, especially if you travel with your dog. I, I mean, I know people personally that were feeding raw and, you know, they got out, you know, they got out six states away and we we're planning on a two week hunting trip and, and their cooler, you know, they had an electric cooler that went down. Well, now you got a bunch of, you got a bunch of rotten um, materials that you don't want to be feeding your dog. So even a lot, I know a lot of people, especially in the sporting dog, the, the sport dog world, the, um, they'll do a mix so that when they travel, they can switch to a kibble diet or more of a kibble diet and not have to worry about, you know, something going wrong with their raw, but yeah, raw done right. You know, if you balance, if, if you make sure and you give them proper vitamin and mineral uh, balancing and make sure you, you mix up what they're getting. So they're getting a balanced, you know, completely balanced diet. You can do it well. Sure. Yeah. What I used to do was, um, and I, I got this from another training company and, and I had a very specific dog that, that, um, was eating a lot of food and very skinny and shitting every single time you took him outside. Right. And, um, so I started adding a raw chicken quarter into, into his meal once a day, raw chicken quarter. And, it worked out really well. It worked really good. But so I did that for a couple of years mixed with kibble and the raw chicken. What I found was though, and my cleaning procedures were pretty good, but if you missed one tiny little drop, one tiny drop in their kennel, somehow you missed it. And two days later, they lick it, blow out diarrhea. Mm. And it's the worst, absolute worst. And I was like, nah, there's actually a butcher. It has a here. very unique smell too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Crypto crate cryptosporidium and Jardia that that shit has a very, very unique mm -hmm. like I've gotten to the point where if dog has crypto or giardia, I can be like, Yep, I know you've been drinking out of fucking puddle water, haven't yeah. you? Asshole? <laughs> exactly. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Because they can get heartworm from that shit. So. Yeah, that too, yeah. Well, yeah, Giardia, uh, I'm very familiar with that one. Again, yeah, I got yeah. I got la hunting labs, so if they find a body of water, it doesn't matter how nasty it is. Fuck, I've find, had Giardia. Oh, they're <laughs> going to find a way to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was just bourbon shits you had. <laughs> it's probably more common, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So what I want to talk about, um, and, and this makes me cringe, is when I see people... I want to punch him in the fucking face. Uh, putting their dogs on vegan diets because they're vegan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> putting dogs on, uh, um, what do I want to fucking call it? Uh, I don't know. The grain-free stuff, the, the, the no GMO and this shit and that stuff, all this other stuff. So first, before we, any of that, I want to talk about grain-free. Is that a real thing? does is it good is it bad what is the deal with grain free well <laughs> there's a whole bunch of scientists that are still talking about that and in there mm -hmm. and i know that some of the companies that were pushing that stuff um are touting hey they're saying it wasn't a problem with the grain free and then there are other there are other people still doing their research that are saying well wait wait let's let's get a time out here they haven't cleared it um my opinion the problem wasn't that the problem wasn't that they took out grain. The problem is what they put in to replace it. So what ended up happening, and, and I'm not going to get in. I, I'm not. We are not clinical. I don't claim to be clinical. I don't know exactly 
um, what, what, what was going on clinically with all those dogs. But I do know this, if there are certain of those ingredients that they put in that would create those kinds of problems. The, the big thing was taurine. Well, dogs don't need to eat taurine. They convert taurine from meat. So they'll take, they'll process meat, create taurine out of that, and they need taurine for a variety of bodily functions. Specifically, the one we're dealing with here is heart health. Well, when, <clears throat> when they took the grain out, they were able to put in ingredients that, that could artificially, could spike, I won't say artificially, could spike the protein. So it meets the protein calculations requirements in that dog food to say it's this protein. The problem is when you're pulling that protein from primarily plant-based materials, dogs convert taurine from meat protein. They don't, they, they take meat and convert it. They can't convert pea protein, for example, into taurine. So now you had a food that on paper looks like it's got enough protein in it, but it's not the right kind of protein to create taurine. So is grain-free a problem? You know, just like I was saying with raw, if you, if you do grain-free right, it, it could work fine for your dog. It could be a perfectly healthy diet. The problem is, and I know you were talking a little bit about that, about, you know, tricks that they can play in the industry. Well, people read that or hear that and they assume everybody's playing tricks. Anybody that wants to play tricks can play tricks and they can manipulate, you know, what it, what it says on the bag versus what you're actually getting nutritionally for the dog. So I'll, all I would say is this, if a company, company wants to follow those trends, they can and they can do it right. But if they were really trying to do the right thing, they wouldn't be following those trends to begin with. Because there was nothing scientifically that ever said you should switch from rice to peas. There's nothing nutritionally good for a dog by inherently putting them on a heavily pea or legume uh, loaded diet. So it was marketing driven. It was, and David, Dave grabbed this up years ago and always uses it in a presentation. When you looked at the gluten free trend for humans, it was within about 18 months, the grain-free trend for dogs came out. So, I mean, you can follow the Google search results and see that those people humanize their dogs. So they think, well, gluten-free, I, I need to be gluten-free when my dog needs to be grain-free. You know, it's the same kind of concept. Yeah. And as you know, with people, there are very few people that actually have major issues with gluten. Well, it's the same story with the dogs. Well, and, and you know, just to jump on, on what you're saying, John, I mean, Companies don't have to delineate what percentage of their protein comes from animal and what percentage comes from plant. So a lot of a lot of handlers are out there and they're looking at it going, I need a 30% protein and a 20% fat. That's what I feed my dog. That's what he performs on. But companies don't have to tell you that 54% of the 30% of the protein comes from animal and 46% of the 30% comes from corn. And you're dogs will process that totally differently. It, one of the fun things to do uh, is, you know, call the company up and say, and just ask the question, hey, what percentage of your protein is coming from animal? And if they do answer it, most of the time it's, they'll, they'll hem haul around. They don't want to answer it. But right. uh, uh, we're, we're one of the highest, and I think the highest in the industry. We're at uh, 90, 92 to 94% 
of our yeah protein. i mean depending on our formulas yeah they're all up there and there are some others that do it but yeah dave's absolutely well not i'll tack on to that not only is it the amount of protein that's coming from plant-based but they don't absorb it at the same rate so not only are they not getting the same amino acids they don't they're not absorbing at the same rate and just a and this is a rough number so don't hold me to it but ballpark you know you've heard you know nature's perfect protein eggs you know eggs are super bioavailable to humans and dogs you can take a dog you can feed a dog eggs and they're going to absorb about 90 percent of the protein out of that well you give them corn and corn's got protein in it but they're only going to absorb you know maybe 45 to 40 48 percent of the protein in corn so even though it on the calculation it shows that that food's got the protein levels that it does that doesn't speak to what the dog's going to be able to actually take from it. So there is a big difference. So, that, that's, that, oh, so go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's, that's where you start getting into. And the last time I was on with, with you guys, we were talking about the volume of food needed to maintain some of these dogs. So that's where you start getting into feeding six, seven, eight cups of food a day to try to keep weight on that dog because there's a lot of plant-based protein. So you're getting, you know, instead of Tootsie Rolls for stools, you're getting cow patties and, uh, you know, so it, we tell people all the time, if you're feeding six, seven, eight cups of food a day, you need to look at your food, you know, in the profile. So that's a, uh, and I, the one thing I will say about the generation, I guess, because I'm younger than everybody here, but that is like right behind me is, um, you know, people in their like, you know, in their mid thirties and lower, like really know how to read, um, nutrition labels. And it's like a big thing. Like I started teaching it in schools and like whatever else I didn't teach it when I was in school because I eat Doritos, fucking chicken nuggets. It's fucking fine. I'm, I'm, we've already established. I'm a trash panda. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Fucking drink Miller light and eat fucking chicken nuggets. So, but, um, dealing with pet, with pet people, I, I have had a lot of people come to me and they're genuinely interested in the ingredients in like what they're eat, what the dog is eating. Um, and not necessarily like, you know, assigning human cure characteristics. A lot of people do like, Oh, you know, like you said, like oh, I'm vegan. He's going to be vegan. I'm like, no bitch. He's an omnivore. He needs to eat both. Like he needs, cause my, like last night I grilled pork chops and broccolini and my Malinois who's sitting on the other side of my desk over here. He loves broccoli. <laughs> like he'll eat broccoli. He'll also eat pork chops, believe me. So uh, they need to eat both. But, um, the one thing that it has done is, is I, I think it has definitely like highlighted a lot of people and it's definitely generational things. So younger people when they bring their dogs to me and they're like, this is what we're feeding our dog. Is it any good? I'm like, I'll look at it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not byproduct. It's not bullshit. And I mean, it's not bad. Like, I mean, you know, it could do a lot worse. And of course I get the other people that bring me shit from like Costco or whatever, but uh, I probably have to cut that out from a random large vendor. <laughs> but like, they're like, yeah, here's a 50 pound bag. So, um, and but that also permeates um law enforcement and search and rescue right like um because you have administrators or like we have a lot of i have a lot of departments that have administrators that decide what food the dog eats and like eric like where oh, you're at like you have like a like a mill that like donates food to you to some of your guys and they're fairly they, close right not anymore they used to be oh, they okay. had a kennel food that they would donate but um 
And then, yeah, uh, so many departments use a certain brand of food because they, it's right down the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and they get free. Which we can talk about in just a second because you guys just got more distribution, which is yeah. super yeah. nice. So, well, uh, yeah, sorry. But, I mean, it has made a big difference, and people are reading um, ingredient labels. And i got to be honest, like the vet that I use for the kennel, um, she takes care of all the state police dogs, and she does all of our working dogs. So she's used to it, and she's fucking awesome. Her name's Dr. Bone. She's great. Uh, also, like, coolest last name ever. But, um and she's you know super like up on that stuff um and she's the one like she mentioned stuff to me about like that karen or that that the other doctor that i mentioned earlier dr becker talks about and she's like super proactive on teaching clients about reading labels for what you're feeding just like you would for like what you're eating of course i don't pay that much attention but i gotta pay more attention when i feed my dogs and i feed myself but uh you know she's super proactive about it but i think the generation there is a generational gap or there is a generational issue um and it is important like it's not all the same thing and uh you know that that documentary that, that i mentioned like kind of like highlights that where there's not a lot of variation in like huge mill formulas so like the biggest takeaway from this is like you should probably be reading like what's going on, <laughs> like what they're eating uh, and feeding raw is a fucking pain in the ass. Uh, I've tried it. It's not great. So, so Ted, <laughs> in that sucks. documentary, did I always assume cat food is just filled with other cats? Uh, did she say that? <laughs> I fast forwarded to that shit. I don't fucking care. Yeah, I don't cat, know. Cats are horrible. I, I said uh, at a group, big giant group lesson on Saturday, mm -hmm. just imagine if cats were the size of dogs. We would I, all be you, dead. Yeah, exactly. Just oh, be a yeah. Full no, I have friends dogs. that have I have friends that have serbals or like they're kind of like almost a like a jungle cat looking thing, but they'll try and they'll try and eat you. Like they're I ain't falling asleep there. Fuck that. No, I'm I'm out no of way. Noise. Mm -hmm. No, but the and I do know that cats have different requirements for like food. Like they have a whole kind of crazy liver enzyme thing that's going on. And, Believe me, I am not an expert in this. I don't even know cats. But, mm -hmm. like, they have a whole liver enzyme thing. Cat food is, like, way different. And dogs eating cat food is not good for them. It's a liver deal. and Or maybe that's what it is. I, but dude, dude, don't let your dog eat fucking cat food. Or lots of it. Um, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, so... So, so last time you were on, now here's the thing. Uh, we'll we'll get away from don't cat, cat food. Don't eat fucking cat food. Yeah. I don't know what you want me to tell you. So awkward silence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know where he was going with it. I didn't either. I, I just I thought like, he was don't eat cat food. Chinese restaurant. Don't have cats. I don't know what yeah. the fuck. So I'm not going to make that joke. No, yeah, stay away from there. So we if you, um, we, we don't put any cats in our food. There's no, good. There's no cat right in our there. product at all. Cat with a circle and a line through it. Um, <laughs> so uh, well, here's the thing that, that, I don't know, people don't understand. So you guys launched this company, and, and the business isn't just going to come to you. You guys are all over. You know, they, we just talked about it. Saw you in Colorado. He saw you out there, out west. Um but what you've been doing in the in the couple of years since you've been on is exploding your distribution and and where you can get to and talk about how that growth came about. Yeah, it's it's um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's been a journey. I mean, anybody that tells you that that's starting a dog food company, I mean, John and I will get together, you know, quite often, not as often as we'd like to, but we get together and maybe have a beer or two and go, what, what are we doing? But, uh, um, you know, it, it's, uh, we, we, we started out, um, really kind of in the Midwest and as things started expanding and we, we, we had the, really the, the blessing, uh, to start working with a couple of really big kennels, uh, where we changed some of their feeding protocol and really solved some issues that they were having. John talked about it with challenges with stress and that type thing. Um, one of them is, is Von Lick Kennels. I know you guys had Kenny on. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so as Kenny was, uh, in VLK was, was selling dogs across the United States, of course, dogs were leaving there with a bag of our food and we ran into the same problem that you were talking about, Eric, where guys would go back and they'd uh, get back to their to their hometown and then switch the dog off the food and immediately would call us and say, hey, what's going on? And so we started working with Chewy um, to answer some of that distribution. And that led us into Tractor Supply Online, where we were working with uh, Tractor Supply Online and uh, doing very well with them and to the point where we kind of kept going back and forth and talked about uh, getting store placement, which is, you know, having product in stores. And so we're really excited that uh, actually this month um, we've got product that is starting to roll out into 325 uh, tractor supply stores. Um, John is in the process of uh, integrating those onto our website. So you can go in Put your zip code and it'll tell you if a tractor supply store uh, carries our product. We're also in Family Farm and Home, which is a great OKI, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana-based retailer. So it's it's been a lot of fun. We're starting to, to pick up some momentum as far as distribution. Um, so it's that's it's been it's been fun, but it's been a lot of work too. Is it you, you uh, guys know? I mean, you guys, you got uh, your own business, you know, you're yeah. grinding all the time. It's nights, it's weekends, you know. We heck, I don't know, Dave, how many months in a row we went. We we're holding our, you know, we we're holding our company meetings on Sunday nights just because everybody was gone every other day of the week. You know, it was it's just there isn't, but that's what you do, you know. You you do what you gotta do to get out there and see the people you have to. And we're in a position now where not a, you know, Dave talked about tractor supply, which is a great addition. We've got some family farm and home and some tights. It's kind of our niche is really um, not so much kind of the independent pet guys, which our product sells through those, but we we've had a really good, we've had really good luck really more with kind of the farm and home type stores because I mean, you can go in there buy jeans and boots and shotgun shells and, and your dog food all at the same time. And, and those stores have done a great job over the last probably 10 years of growing their pet category to where you walk in there and they got six, seven aisles of, of pet products. I mean, they're really like a yeah. pet store within a, within a big, you know, almost kind of farm, you know, rural department store kind of setup. So it's been good for us. And then of course, when you get the stores or you get the stores to agree, then you get the distributors. So we can basically, we're not at the point where we can drop a, let's say you wanted to buy something direct. We can, we can drop one of our distributors can drop a pallet or a half pallet just about anywhere in the country. You know, we can or work with the local store if you if you prefer to go that route. So um, that's a big difference from where we were even 12 months ago. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm hoping there's a like 
uh, TSC right down the road from my facility, and there's one about 12 minutes from my house, and so I'm hoping that you, you guys get in there. Um, on Chewy.com, they'll they'll do the the can auto ship. I'm assuming yeah. you can get all that auto shipped in. I, I think that's what you do, Ted, isn't it? Yes. Cool. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah so I think you mentioned it before. If I can show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh, Chewy.com, there's TractorSupply.com, and then PetFlow uh .com which is a, a new one that we picked up so we should and, and John alluded to it we can we can get product to you so um you know it's just a matter of in what in what type of uh volume that you're looking at if you're looking for a quarter pallet half pallet or you know full pallet we can take care of that mm -hmm. so, so police we've discussed this the police world um, you know, a lot of them guys will fuck. I, I just had a dog that I trained, um, real nice Dutch shepherd. And, um, they, uh, he was, he was off to his department, which is in the County I live in. And the guy took a job at another department. He, uh, the dog went to a new handler. I just retrained him. He had him on one of the, like, I, I just say it's recycled plastic is, is what I tell people, but you know, things that they shouldn't be no dog should be on, you know, and, and that type of thing. So cops can be pretty in particular or in particular the military. I think they're probably somewhere in between, you know, they got contracts and big things like that with food. We, we talked about that in Colorado. Some of them feel stuck, you know, in certain contracts and things like that, but the hunting dog world, I would assume are a little bit tougher. Like, is it, was it hard to break in or is your background get you a, a foot in there? I mean, we definitely had a foot in there, but you're also, you know, so it helped. We got some immediate entry into it, but you're also dealing with some really well entrenched competitive companies. I mean, guys have been dumping money and dog food into that world for 40, 50 years, spreading sponsorships around. So, yeah, I mean, we, we're definitely still feeding a lot of them and that continues to be a growth area for us, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a hot and a hotly, com you know, competitive area and, you know, kind of for, uh, and, and really what you were talking about, you know, the feeding the plastic in a bag. I mean, there are some really, and I will say there are some really good companies out there putting out some really good dog food that just flat out won't work for these kind of dogs. It's not because they're putting junk ingredients in there. It's not, they're simply not built to be, to have enough energy in them or to be digested easy enough. So, I mean, we've had, we have absolutely had guys call up and say, Hey, I'm feeding this brand. And I'd say, you know, that that's a great brand. It's a, it's a company that really cares about what they're doing, but it's not working dog food. So mm -hmm. it's good ingredients. They're doing, you know, they're trying to feed pets really well, but it's not working dog food. So there is a difference between a good food and a good food for working dog. Well, I, I think something that in, you know, after COVID, we're now up to 90 million dogs in the United States. Yeah. And, you know, I use this in, in my presentations or, or we all do, but if you really think about that, there's 90 million dogs in the United States. There's only a half a million of the 90 million now, you know, give or take a couple thousand, but there's about a half a million that fall into the working sporting dog category. So doc dogs, SARS, uh, police, border patrol. I mean, if you group all these working dogs together, you're talking less than a percent 
you know, so where do you think these big companies are focused? And they're focused, and John alluded to it, you know, there's some good foods out there for dogs that are just kind of hanging out in the house and you're taking them for a walk in the evening after dinner or whatever. Yeah, you know, that's why uh, Ted and I have pet businesses. That is right. You know, we were both, both of us were uh, just doing police dogs. And it's funny, Ted and I flew to Texas to be on Mike Ritland's podcast. And we were talking to Mike before the recording and Mike said, he says, I'm, I'm kind of moving away from the police dogs a little bit, not completely, but a little bit. And I go, why is that? And he, and he said that those numbers. Yeah. And I was like, light bulb. And I'm like, cause he's like, you should be doing the pet dog stuff. You should be doing the pet dog stuff. So before we go to our second break, having said that now, so like Ted, Ted's got um, Malinois sitting in there, but he's also been known like me to have tiny little dogs and some other <laughs> dogs that are, you know, whatever. If I'm a kinetic guy and I'm feeding my working dog this food, is there a kinetic food that I could feed this uh, greyhound that's laying right here or the other pit bull mix thing there uh, from kinetic? Or should we be just working on the working dog with it? Well, I mean, you can like our active 26 formula is, you know, kind of our green bag. It's a 26 protein, 16 fat. It, it's perfectly you can feed that to any dog, but it's still for an active dog. So, yeah. I mean, if you got a, if you got this a, this one is not this yeah, dude got right a here, dog. 22 hours a day. <laughs> so if they're not moving at all, I mean, that they'll still be able to digest it. You know, they'll be healthy, but they're probably going to get fat. So it's, it's a food you can feed it to any dog, but you know, we're probably not the right dog for that dog. That's not doing anything at all. It's not a matter of, would they be healthy? And would, I mean, they'll be healthy. They'll digest the hell out of it, <laughs> but they're going to get fat. <laughs> they're going to get pretty chubby. So you'd have to really manage the amount. Yeah, yeah, Ted, that's, Ted and I that's are the, key. yeah, right. Ted and I are the same. Our dog, like I'm obsessed over fat dogs. Like we, yeah. we talk about a lot. We tell oh. owners, and I tell handlers. Like I haven't seen a guy in a while. He comes in, hey, how you doing? Your dog is fat. Like a, a <laughs> yeah. working dog guy. Right away, I'm telling him, because um, everybody believes that a working dog. I gotta feed him six cups a day or five cups a day. Um, so, so saying that real quick. Uh, cause I just, this popped in my mind on the back of the bags where they talk about dogs and suggested feeding amounts. Um, I, I don't want to say how accurate is that you wouldn't put it on there if it wasn't, but typically is that, um, so I'm feeding to say I'm feeding the high end, the high, yes, dead of winter. Uh, if, if it says three cups for a dog for a certain weight, uh, am I, is that just the best recommendations you guys have, or should it, you just varied a little bit here and there for your dog? That's really just a good starting point. The, I mean, the best way to tell how much your dog needs to be eaten is look at your dog. If that guy walks <laughs> in, he goes, oh, I'm following the feeding directions. Well, stop, yeah. you know, feed, feed them less. Cause the dogs are like us. Every, they all got different metabolism. What, what those are designed to do, the average dog of this size is going to burn this many calories, but the average, the average dog doesn't exist. It's an average of all the dogs. So you're not trying to feed the average dog. You're trying to feed yours. So that's a good starting point. I like that. Watch your dog's body condition. You know, that yeah. your eyes are the best judge. Look at your dog. If you're seeing a little bit of rib, great. If your dog is largely round, you're probably not, you know, you probably need to get away from those directions and cut them down. Yeah, it's a fight in my house all the time. I'm, I'm accused of fat shaming. 
uh, dogs. Not, not, <laughs> I, not I, humans. I, I fat shame the shit out of dogs. <laughs> and, I, and I tell owners too. I'm like, the United States is the only place in the country, is the only, is the only country in the world where we associate love with food. Other maybe than Italy. But like, we associate being fat with being well fed or properly loved. Fed. I, yeah. yeah, or loved, right? And, Man, every one of these pet dogs I get in, them motherfuckers are loved to death. They show up and they won't eat for three days and they'll shit three or four times each time. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like how much are you eating, bro? Got a little in there. So we got a great day in the other day. He's like, she's like, he's eating six cups twice a day. I'm like, bitch, I don't even eat six cups twice a day. Whoa. Like, wow. I'm like, right now, granted, he's, you know, He's a, a big dog, but he's, he's going to be a pony, lot bigger. But I'm like, God damn. And I don't know what he's feeding. Like, he shows up. She brings me, like, you know, a fucking action packer thing full of food. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Okay, sure. And, of course, this dog is, he's a nerf bag. But, um. Yeah, wait till I he hits like, two years old and I was like, just gets fat. Yeah, I was like, God damn, 12 cups of food. Like, what's in this pocket lint and sawdust? I'm like, holy shit. So, uh, yeah, I, uh. I was He's gonna say me. something else, but uh, well, beaks and buttholes. So um, worse, it, oh, no, worse than that. I, yeah. I don't. Let's just take our next break, and then we're gonna talk about the TV show. Fuck. And so beaks and buttholes. Don't fast forward through the damn commercials. We'll be back in a second uh, with with uh, John and Dave from Connecticut. So stay here. We'll be back in a second. All right. We love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart. And they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know, you put in denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. You get on there under training the online course. But here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should. Right here online, uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from, interdepartmental. Uh, the course can be taken at your convenience, and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, they're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues and you can't go, get on tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break for just a second and talk about Dogtra, one of our favorite sponsors. Uh, Dr. has been committed for over 20 years to crafting dog training e-collars to perfect and precise fit and finish, intuitive design, and accountable performance. The Dogtra 1900S e-collar is one of my favorites, and it demonstrates what they strive for, an ultimate dog training tool that is durable, dependable, and designed for the most demanding conditions, which I can attest to because I tear stuff up frequently. My favorite is the 1900S Black and the 1900S Hands-Free, which I use all the time. Check it out at Dogtra. Dot com. Be sure to use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off any single item over 200 bucks. That includes the 1900 and the 1900 black. 
It's no secret that we love Ray Allen Canine Equipment. We use their products every single day. The mission statement says it all. To be a world leader in quality and innovative innovation of professional canine equipment for police, military, Schutzen, and ring sport. To exceed our customers' expectations and deliver on time, every time, at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they've held to that since it is our go-to one-stop shop for everything canine. Not everything canine alone, guys, dogs in general. If you train dogs, if you have a dog, everything you need for dog or canine, check out Ray Allen Canine Manufacturing, rayallencanine.com. Use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high-quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement, I have several friends that are civilians that work. <laughs> lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too so you got one that fits you can do it uh they also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few so be sure to hit them up the website is easy rider online so that's the letter e the letter z as in zebra rideronline.com if you're looking for them on instagram and facebook it's american aluminum accessories feel free to hit them up there too so our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is arno out out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work, suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him and give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years, and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALM canine equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already, already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check them out. ALM canine equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it and you can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that, you know, had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them, 
Uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications that it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. Things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels or give them a call 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. All right. We're back from the Beaks and Buttholes break. Uh, with John and Dave from Kinetic, I it's I if we, I don't necessarily think we need to name this episode that, but it's perfect. It's not beaks and buttholes. Uh, so we've been talking about well, like what's in food and reading labels, and you know, and it's one of those things as a canine handler. I joke that administrators, I'm like, you know, having a dog is like way different, you know, and there's all these other kinds of crazy, crazy shit. Like, how many cops do you think worry about what they feed their pets? None, very few. And canine handlers then have this extra set of skills that they have to worry about and all this other shit that they deal with. And now all of a sudden they're responsible for the dog working well. And they're like, oh, he's not working well. And you've heard multiple stories just in this episode about dogs going back to departments from me, from Eric and from John and Dave about dogs that go back to the department and they run out of the food that they're given when they leave the kennel and the dogs start just not they're just like lethargic their stools are different and it's just a nightmare and they're like what happened i'm like uh <laughs> you're feeding him pocket and sawdust so Some carrots these fuckers yeah he's not a fucking camel so yeah he's not a horse like he's like go back to what we were feeding him like there's a reason we were feeding it and they're like yeah it's expensive i'm like well so is the dog <laughs> so like whatever it doesn't matter it's not like a price is not really a thing well it shouldn't be it that that's another subject but you guys have so since you've been on uh last time episode 81 one. 81 uh you guys have a tv show so what's that about well dave tell him dave you tell the story of how, how this got going. yeah this 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 is crazy uh, you know being a small business uh john and i didn't have a marketing budget or <laughs> a very small one and so uh we did a lot of postings on facebook and i had a friend of mine that was following us on facebook and and you guys have both met him carl uh, metzler yeah. And so oh, Carl came, yeah. yeah, he came to me and he's like, uh, hey, what you guys are doing is pretty phenomenal. There's a show in it. And I said, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Carl. We don't, we're just trying to, we're just trying to build this little company, you know, dog food. And, and uh, he goes, yeah, but it's, you know, fascinating. One week you're working with Border Patrol or you're at a hunt test event or you're at a doc dog event. And then the next week you're, you're, you know, in DC doing something and, and, uh, uh, let me just do a, uh, let me, let me just do a demo reel. And, uh, now what Carl really didn't tell me was he was on the air for 14 years doing a show called Excalibur's Hunt in the Backwoods. And so he, uh, he knew a lot about producing a show. And so we did a demo reel, he sent it out and, uh, uh, everybody he sent it to said, Hey, we, we want to do the show. We want to air the show. And, 
so he came back to John and I and said, here's, here's like five, five networks that want to do this show. And uh, here's the pros and cons to each. And, we, and long story short, we ended up on the Pursuit channel primarily because we could control all of the content. And with some of the contacts that you guys have and we have, uh, nobody was going to let uh, a film crew come in and start shooting, you know, film on a base somewhere. So uh, we ended up doing season one. We had a blast with it. Um, and uh, that led us into season two. And, and it's just been kind of a, it's been kind of a crazy type thing. It's a great way for a small company to market our product to a national audience. And that was really the whole uh, motivation behind it. And, and uh, but we've, we've done some crazy episodes and <laughs> you got to watch the one with Carl doing the coon hunt and John and I are, uh, they, so, don't, they, they don't go out and start running coons until like 11 o'clock at night and so it is August and oh you gotta August. see so this was actually in June in a field in the middle of Indiana hotter than hell just humid and you know Carl had come in didn't get any sleep the night before and of course you know Dave and I are sitting back you know they're 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 walking around the field with lights and cameras and and they're filming it well Carl's walking around out there on no sleep. All of a sudden he's walking, he's walking the guys behind him that's, that's broadcasting it live. And all of a sudden Carl just disappears. He falls down into this Creek with his camera gear and everything. Well, it was, it was, it, what was crazy. They were doing a Facebook live broadcast and they had 49,000 people watching it. Wow. I, no I never and now John and I are watching it, drinking beer, watching Carl fall down this pit. <laughs> I I would too. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch him fall into a that pit. Was, so where, what's the show called and like, where can people watch it? Like we started talking about before we started recording, but like, yeah. Where? Yeah. So it's called Unleashed Canines. Um, it's, it's Unleashed and it, you can watch it on the Pursuit channel, which is on it's on most cable networks it's on i dish and direct both i believe um carl just got it up and running uh it's got its own roku channel now so you can go in if you're a roku if you stream through roku you can go in and add the unleashed channel um he's just about ready to pop it up on uh fire amazon fire tv so i mean by by at this point as soon as it gets up on fire i mean if you're it's going to be pretty hard for you not to be able to see it. And you can actually, yeah. you can go to the, to the website or the YouTube channel and watch episodes as well. So it, just about anybody can see it now. It'd be hard. You, you'd have to try and you'd have to be totally disconnected not to be able to see it at this point, but it's fun. Um, I mean, it, it's been fun. Dave and I said, you know, we got face for radio. So we, you know, mm -hmm. we're not going to be the stars other of the people. Yeah. So Carl's on every episode. He's got a great style about him. And then it's all about the dogs. And the handlers and kind of the bond, what they, you know, you get a lot of the handlers talking about what, how they get their dogs to do what they do and the bond that develops between them. And that's really what it's about. It's, it's not about, you know, us at all, really. It's just the cool things dogs do and, and how they connect to their humans, you know. Carl's a big guy, too. It'd be funny watching him fall into a <laughs> Well, he just disappeared. <laughs> It'd be pretty funny. They had a headlamp on him and chaps. Um, <laughs> uh, it was... It was a thing of beauty. <laughs> so when when I when I was talking to him last time, he uh, he's working with you guys full time now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That'll teach him. Yeah, <laughs> Come up with an awesome. idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, 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 much like you guys, I mean, this is something that we had never ventured into. And, and so John and I were kind of like, okay, well, somebody's going to have to go out and try to find sponsors. And, <laughs> you know, it was like, well, I've never done that before. So I'll try it. And, and we got hooked up with some great folks, just like you guys did, you know, and we, we, you know, started working with like uh, American Aluminum, which everybody, mm-hmm. everybody in the industry probably oh, knows yeah. of them and Black Rifle Coffee jumped on board and, and have really supported us. And um, of course, we, we are, run things. With, we're avidly you know, searching for a beer sponsor. So. We need a beer <laughs> yeah. sponsor. I, I can't believe that would be that. Yeah, beer, beer and shotgun shells. That was mm-hmm. the impetus yeah. for us starting the company. I can't so, believe that would be that hard to find. I, somebody's going to listen to this episode and they're going to be like, fuck, I'll do it. So, I got beer. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so what you guys got to do is reenact that day with you two on your boat and make it like stepbrothers where they made that video. Exactly. Like, boats and hoes. Yes. Boats and hoes. Yes. Do that. 100%. That would be <laughs> Well, I yes. sold the boat. You know, we don't have, oh, we don't have time to, we're, we're so busy. And this just is go to young. Eric's house. This yeah, is the honest to Eric, Eric's boat. <laughs> I sold the boat because our trade show, you know, when you get the show season, well, here, I mean, again, our, I'm in similar climate to you. June, July, August is like the busiest boating season. Mm-hmm. Well, guess, guess what trade show, you know, trade shows really start heating up June, July, August, September. We're buried. So I didn't want to pay for a boat to sit in the slip and not get to use it. So no more boat, but I'm sure I can find a volunteer to let us use their boat. Yeah. We'll I live beer. on a lake with a boat, so oh, awesome. I'm well, three hours from Dave. Uh, come on up. It's there it's, we go. it's just a ski boat, but we could do it on a tube. You two could ride in the back of the tube. Hey. <laughs> oh, what do you What do you think <laughs> about starting your own company? And then I whip the boat, and you guys go flying <laughs> off, and your swimsuits come off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Carl, That'd be a right low-rated episode. Yeah. yeah, Carl, Carl, let's go mix it up. <laughs> So where is, where are we headed in the future here with Kinetic? What do you foresee past the distribution that you're getting now? What, what should we expect to see from you guys? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's it's a, it's a great question. We're, we are, we are having a ball. I mean, like anybody, you know, you go through the ebbs and flows of a business and, and uh, but you know, we're, we're already gearing up for season three on the show. Um, and we're expanding distribution and, and more and more people are hearing about us. So it's really, it's really been a, a, a phenomenal journey. And um, we've got some big things coming up. We've got um, uh, the military working dog symposium. We were invited to come in and, and do some nutritional training for that. That's coming up in the Scatatuck uh, next at the end of this week, actually. Yeah. Um, so we're starting to make some uh, waves. We we work with uh, a number of our special force teams, uh, and and I think because of the success they're having, um, we're starting to uh, get more interest. People kind of saying, "Hey, what are you guys all about?" Um, so that's that's been a lot of fun. So, but as far as like products and stuff like that, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. We're we're gonna stay in our lane, really. Um, you know, we'll continue. We'll we'll probably do some more things. I know there's some thoughts we have on some different package sizes and supplements and stuff like that, but you know, that we're fine with the 1%, you know, we're, 
we're living and breathing in kind of the working and sporting dog world. We can continue to expand and, you know, kind of the active, you know, the doggy games, the different sports we've, we've gotten a lot bigger in the doc dog world. That's been a big area of, of growth for us in the past couple of years. And, you know, I, I don't think we're, you know, we don't have any plans to make any changes to that. We're, we're kind of going to stay in our lane and do what we're doing. And, and, you know, just, like I said, the, the that that five hundred thousand dogs, we're gonna we're gonna keep that in our eyesight, you know, in our sights, and and kind of stay focused on that. Yeah, I think you can, I think you can make some mistakes on growth, you know, to to a point there. Um, the one thing that we didn't talk about, and we mentioned on the last episode, is the supplements. You've mentioned supplements a couple times, and we we've talked about some supplements, I think, before that that are really key and and can really helps some dogs. So let's talk about what you guys offer in that realm. Well, we got three supplements. Um, and I actually, the, the one I ended up using the one I never thought I would, um, one of them is a kind of a weight gainer. So if you got those, you know, I got, again, I got labs, labs get fat walking by the bowl. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I never thought I would use a weight gain supplement, but I don't use it to gain weight. Um, all of our dogs are in the house and it's a, it's basically a powdered salmon oil supplement. And it really cuts down on shedding. So I ended up using that when I had my pups and uh, just kept using it because it does such a good job for their skin and coat. But um, uh, we also have a, I think we, I believe we have the best digestive health supplement on the market. Um, it is not just a probiotic. It's a prebiotic, probiotic, digestive enzyme supplement. It's even got something in there that'll bond to toxins. So say your dog gets into something toxic, it'll help, it'll help bind it. And so they pass it rather than absorb it. So, I mean, it really does amazing things. We've had dogs that were, they were close to putting them down. Their digestive system was so messed up. And within three days of this supplement, they were not only back to normal eating and pooping, uh, they were, they started putting on weight and were, you know, eventually fully recovered and back in, back in service. Um, then the last one is probably the one to really talk about right now. You were talking about the heat wave. Um, we have a hydration supplement and it's just basically, it's a powder mix like Gatorade for dogs. You throw it in your water bottle and that if you're working your dogs or getting them, you know, if they don't like to drink when they're hunting or working or whatever, it'll, it tastes really good. So it, it encourages them to drink and that replaces some protein, some carbs, electrolytes, et cetera. So that one is really gets, really starts to get popular this time of year because it is so hot. So we've, it, it's a good one for the heat. Yeah. That part fascinates me. And and I'm sure Ted sees it too. Like I have a, I have a Dutchie in my kennel right now. We'll work him and he'll come out and won't drink. And he's like tongues all the way down to the ground. He won't drink. I'm like, you frustrate me. You know what I mean? Uh, so that, that's a dog that I make sure both of his meals, the, the food is floating in water, like yeah. floating. Cause then, yep. then he will eat, but when he's working, he, or drinking, then he's working barely. I'm, barely, I'm like, how how are you not dying? All yeah, I had a dog hold the leash, and I'm dying. I had a dog that would hunt all day long. She did not want to stop and drink water. She might take a bite of snow every now and then, but but this kind of product is perfect for her. But she, when it, when her game face was on and there were birds in the field, she would not stop and drink. She just wouldn't do it. So with a dog i mean they don't they don't use electrolytes at nearly the rate we do because they don't sweat like we do mm-hmm. you know they sweat a little bit they lose some they lose some moisture panting and stuff like that but with this if, if the most important thing is just get get something that will encourage them to take to water so <clears throat> yeah there's some yeah. nice nutrients in here but 
got to get them to take the water if you do nothing else. Yeah, I was I was down to Laredo, I think two weeks or three weeks ago, and we use a lot of stuff, a lot of the hydration down there along the border, and uh, you know because they're oh yeah they're dealing that's gotta with be that. like the armpit of hell like heat wise yeah yeah that one though <laughs> it, it's it's spicy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes it is all right so uh let's talk about um social media where people can follow you and if i'm uh say i'm a 50 run or, or whatever run hunting dog kennel or whatever and i need help i need you to come evaluate how do i get you to do that for me yeah, I mean, the, the easiest thing to do is you could just email us. It's David KineticDogFood.com uh, or John at KineticDogFood.com. Typically, what we'll do is, is get back to you within, you know, 12 to 24 hours. Uh, we, we would set up a call and, and just give you a call and kind of really just do a discovery conversation. Hey, what, what are you running into? What kind of uh, issues are you having? Uh, you know, what's the breed? you know, the weight issues you might be having, what are you currently feeding? Um, if it's a food that we haven't heard of, we'll analyze the label for you. So you can actually send it to us. This happens a lot when, if I'm out at different trade shows or I'm out like at Carson or something and somebody comes up and says, hey, what about this food? I've never heard of it. I will text it to John. Uh, and usually within an hour, he sends me a note back and says, Here's what I really like about the food. Here's some area or, or ingredients in there. So we would certainly do that. So you can just reach out to us on online and and we would give you a call. Yeah, and John, you, you should develop an app for that. Uh, it, it is a challenge. We actually have a couple of forms that'll ask you a few of the questions. But I mean, a lot of times you got to get into, there's so much, and there are some apps for it, but uh, it's it's so complex that you, you actually need to talk about what exactly are you doing with the dog? It's one thing to say, how active is your dog? But it's another thing to really dig in and go, okay, what does that really mean? You know, someone go, oh, I got a really active dog. That means you walk it twice a day or oh, you know, is, the, is, is the dog out busting, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but you can also get us, I mean, you can get us on Facebook or Instagram, Kinetic Dog Food, at Kinetic Dog Food, either one. And we get back to you we can get back to you that way. Or like Dave said, email, you know, if you can't remember our names, you know, I, I know we're pretty unforgettable, but uh, mm-hmm. info at kinetic dog food, there's various forms on the website, but yeah, I mean, if, if you, we try to, if, even if you don't want to buy our product, if you're just having some problem with your dogs and want to ask some questions, you know, we're, we're happy to, to give you some free advice and uh, hopefully it's worth more than just being free, but we want the dogs to do well. You know, we, these dogs are important and, you know, they're important to us and they're dang sure important to you guys. Yeah. Well, and that's the big thing too, is if you guys call or you email and call, it's one of these two guys. It's, yeah. it's, it's not some guy with a foreign accent who says his name is Kevin. And you're like, no, your name is not Kevin. Stop. Yeah. Well, we don't have a call center in Asia or anything. Right. It's, it's <laughs> coming, it's coming to Ohio or Iowa most likely. Yeah. Ted, Ted yep. and I say that because we know a guy in China who has done patches for us who says his name is Kevin. Yeah. No. <laughs> Stop, Kevin. There's been a couple times where he responded. He actually put it in quotations. He's like, my name yeah. is Kevin. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Sure. I'm missing the character on my keyboard to talk to you correctly, so I get it. Which is <laughs> <laughs> fine. I don't care. <laughs> like, That's I don't awesome. Care. Ted, what about you? Where are you at? 
Uh, Ted underscore Summers, uh, Torchlight Canine, letter K number nine, Torchlight Pets, uh, which is where you can see pictures of apparently i'm going through a large dog phase right now we have massive dogs right now we had somebody to bring in two somebody running to german shepherd there took a fucking bear he's gray and got these he's a well over and he's not fat he's just a big dog he came in and he brought him in and i walked in i was like where did this motherfucker come from anyway he's on torchlight pets uh and then hrd police canine uh we just announced uh so we got three more and then we're going to canada uh, in October, we're going to Winter Peg. Uh, in October, it's probably going to be cold. So uh, our CMP is going to have us out. That'll be interesting. Uh, it should be good. Uh, looking forward to that one. And then Eric and I are instructing at HITS in Orlando in August, uh, doing the scenario-based training at HITS. Uh, when is that, Eric? August? Look it up. It's in, it's in the it's in the commercials if you don't fast it's forward you can commercials, listen <laughs> yeah listen to the commercials and don't wait to the last minute to sign up uh but we'll be there for that uh, and that's the last show of the year so um because we did blue line and we did that one so uh yeah and then of course working underscore dog underscore radio for the podcast and then working dog radio on uh facebook so yeah dave are you gonna be at hits uh yes uh, i'll be there and in uh, actually running a class there as well, so nice. Excellent. That'll be that'll yes. be kind of cool. I'll push I'm looking forward to seeing way. you guys. Yeah, it'll be good. Stop uh, if we don't see it. Be swing by the booth. Um, we're gonna try to. Usually at hits, we get into the booth and it's hard to get out. Yeah, um, yeah people yes. come and say hi and everything. That's cool. I like it. Yeah, I, I like yes. to meet the. You know, we don't know because if you look in this camera i'm in my bedroom this is the bat my bathroom door here it's a dresser with some bullshit on it back there no fancy studios ted's in his living room bedroom something no i have an i have an office like it's oh, an actual ooh, look office at you. i don't yeah it's an office so, so. i'm laying here with my co-host who's uh uh mac the greyhound over here so we <laughs> we are we kind of live in this podcast in a bubble you know yeah. when we turn this off i go to the kennel to, to deal with dogs. Ted's got his own stuff going on. And so when we stop recording these, we leave. And then when we're at these functions, people come up to us that we don't know. And do I haven't listened to every episode. You, you help my unit. We got a small unit. We got a, we had a shit supervisor. You guys talked us into this, blah, blah, this, all this stuff. So I love those being at that booth and meeting people and it's pretty cool. And then yes. our class uh, usually gets a pretty decent turnout. Um, I don't even know if they care what Ted and I are presenting. They just want to hear us cuss and they want to hear stories. you cuss and they want to hear me tell jokes. That's what yeah. that's, that's what it is. And then, and then random, randomly, I pepper in some case law. Yeah, a couple so, good videos yeah. uh, that we put up. One of my second dog Willie jumping over the roof of a car and taking the dog down, and yes, me coming in and nice Hulk smashing the guy. But whatever, <laughs> that was a long time ago. So, anyways, <laughs> boys. It was great having you on. You know, we love your product. We love our, our relationship with you guys. Um, I hope we've been able to help you. I know I, I know a lot of people that have um, that have switched over to Kinetic since you guys really burst onto the onto the scene. And you're doing the right thing because you're just always being seen. And I know that's tough. It's hard, you know, to to travel that much. It really is tough, as you know. Well, thanks for having us on, guys. I, I will say, I know every time you guys post something, 
because our social media starts to get hit. So you guys are doing nice. a, you guys have got a great reach out there. We appreciate everything you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah we I, just I, passed a million downloads, so we're pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. I I think what we need to do is have Carl, you go up to Vancouver with you in the cold and, you know, get him on a horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. There's someone filming Carl. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want to see when he falls off the horse. I'm not yeah. that guy. Even though I'm from Oklahoma, I don't do horses. I'm out on that. No, I think, <laughs> I, I think it'd be fun to do an, do a little episode on what you guys are doing. Highlight yeah. you. Bring, yeah. Bring them. Come over, come over to the to my place in the winter because it's warm and there's bathrooms inside there. It's perfect. We can have I call it the fun house because we have a blast over there. Um, summer we won't be up there because you'll be like, why are you all sweating? Well, because I'm in a greenhouse. That's why. Exactly. So. <laughs> that's right. Anyways, all right, boys. Thank you again. Another great episode of Working Dog Radio. Appreciate you for everything. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See you. Thanks. Take care, guys. Stay yeah. safe.